0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to be talking San Francisco 49ers and lots of news coming out of Santa Clara as the players reported to training camp. So yes, it is officially here and the San Francisco 49ers are going to go about their business practice starts tomorrow. 49ers Cutback on Believe. Really excited about this episode because there is tons of things to talk about Uh, The 49ers have so much going on, and I'm really excited to talk about all of it. But the main thing that happened that absolutely uh, just shook everyone was Brock Purdy is cleared. Uh, So Brock Purdy is cleared without restriction. Of course, that will be clarified a little bit, but that was John Lynch's statement. And boy, did it send shocks through everyone because I think the belief was that Brock Purdy would potentially be ready maybe in a couple weeks, maybe in a few weeks Uh, But that's not the case. He's good and ready to go, which means what Brandon Ayuk said on Richard Sherman's podcast the other day that he heard Brock was cleared and ready to go was correct. And Brock is good and ready to go, which means the 49ers have a starting quarterback. Potentially, he was a leader in the clubhouse, and I'm sure he's still the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, One thing to know about Brock Purdy returning is that he will not throw three days in a row. So with Brock, what they're going to do is they're going to have him throw uh, two days and then he'll have a day off. So they're going to make sure they stick to the plan that has been put in place for Brock Purdy. So the 49ers uh, know that Brock Purdy is continuing to develop as far as his strength, but that he has been cleared by doctors. So he threw on Tuesday, which means he's not going to throw the first day of practice on Wednesday. So Brock Purdy will not be practicing uh, the first day on Wednesday. So uh, that's one thing that'll be going on. That's a little bit, uh, you know, different for the 49ers is they won't have their starting quarterback out there every single day. And, and what's up to everyone that's in chat. How's it going? Uh bomber T I hope you're having a good one as well. And K in the house has finally Brock has come back to football. Yeah, he is. He he's back and better than ever. And, with him not throwing the first day of practice, Kyle Shanahan kind of got into how they're going to divvy those snaps up, and they're pretty much going to go 50-50 between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold while Brock Purdy's not on the field. So when Brock Purdy's out there, he's going to be manning the first-team offense, which means he's definitely, like they said, the leader in the clubhouse. But so Brock Purdy will be out there with the first unit, and there's a lot of rotation that goes along with playing quarterback for the 49ers and pretty much any NFL team is they rotate the quarterbacks through all of them play with the first team, the second team and the third team and the wide receivers tight ends. They all rotate through as well. So it's not uncommon to see the San Francisco 49ers have, you know, different quarterbacks playing with their first unit, but they're going to do that, especially the days Brock isn't practicing. So if you're looking to see Brock Purdy, out there for the San Francisco 49ers, then you're going to be able to see him on Thursday if you're out at practice. I will be out there Wednesday and Thursday, so come out, uh, say hi if if you see me out there because uh, it's going to be fun seeing what Brock can do. Last year, it was all about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was all the rage. We'd see him running on the side field and getting everyone's attention, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of took over uh, training camp and I think Brock Purdy's going to do that early on. We'll see what Brock Purdy mania looks like But it's exactly what everyone wanted all three quarterbacks at the top of the 49ers depth chart Are healthy and ready to compete, which means we're gonna get the best possible San Francisco 49ers quarterback room, which I think if you're a 49ers fan, that's exactly What you wanted and w- thank you so much JL for uh, Updating his membership to 21 months. He said keep up the amazing work a great year of football, Niners, and Knowles ahead. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. And uh, thanks so much, Brian Colt, for coming through. If you haven't checked out his channel, go check it out as well. does good work over there, and they have uh, a lot of fun on his channel. So check it out, and thanks, everyone, for for coming through and checking out this episode of 49ers Cutback on Believe. Uh, so with Brock Purdy being available now, the 49ers can move forward with their plans and Kyle Shanahan had talked about the fact he had kind of two different ideas about how to go about training camp at the quarterback position. He said, one of those ways was to go without Brock Purdy for, he thought two weeks, and then to split the snaps between Darnold and Trey, and then also throw in Brandon Allen. Some now he's going to have to get more creative because he said, even though he thought this, you know, plan could go into place where Brock was ready right now. It wasn't a foregone conclusion. So he went ahead and put it in place and now it's going to be fun for them to just find snaps. So he did say that we were going to see more of these quarterbacks in the preseason games than we've seen in the past. So that should make some fun uh, preseason games to see, be able to see Trey Lance, Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen who has definitely impressed the 49ers brass be able to go out there and compete in the preseason games where normally it was getting to your third and fourth uh, quarterback on the depth charter. Last year it was Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy, primarily the entire preseason. This year it's going to be, I think, a little bit more competitive and a little bit more entertaining. What that means for the other wide receivers, running backs, skill players, and offensive linemen, I think is yet to be determined. But you would think as long as players like Trey Lance or Sam Darnold on the field They're going to want a little bit of a steady diet of players like Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, and the young tight ends as well, not to mention Ross Welly, uh, out there playing with these guys so they can get a really good look. And then the 49ers offensive line, of course, they'll want to make sure they have those uh, guys up and ready as well. So I think it's going to be an interesting preseason, and we all know that I love preseason because I like seeing the depth that's out there for the San Francisco 49ers. And the Super Chat comes through. Uh, What's up, Tommy? How's it going? And Tommy is not a fan of Sam Darnold, but he still believes he's better than Josh Johnson. So thanks so much, Tommy, uh, for the Super Chat. Really appreciate it. How's it going, Ernest? Uh, Glad to have you in chat as well. So 49ers Brock Purdy, uh, this changes the game a little bit. I think we were kind of thinking this was going to be a Trey versus Sam Darnold. I mean, I know I did. I made a video about it earlier in the week. I thought they were gonna compete until Brock Purdy was available. And now here we are and Brock Purdy is available for the forty ers and it's exactly what everyone wanted. We get the heavyweight matchup and yes, I think Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse and he's gonna get all the attention. And one thing that was asked and I think Larry Krueger was the one that asked the question was, Hey, is Brock Purdy's velocity where you guys want? Is it back? And John Lynch ended up saying that, yeah, they have the GPS on the football and and everything like that. And so it has definitely went back to where they expected. And there's, there's nothing holding Brock Purdy back. So that's really good news for the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy is available, but it wasn't all about Brock Purdy because uh, Nicholas John Bosa, as Richard Sherman calls him, uh, there was a big report that he's not going to be showing up to training camp. Uh, He's now he doesn't have a contract beyond his fifth-year option So the 49ers and his agents are working out a contract extension and so far haven't been able to come to terms on that extension So where we've seen other players like Debo Samuel last year come in and do a hold in We're not going to get a hold in apparently from Nick Bosa, but it appears he's going to hold out and because of it, Kyle Shannon, he said, because he's on a fifth year option, he won't be fined the $50,000 a day. So Nick Bosa will not be around the San Francisco 49ers practice field until that deal is done. Of course, John Lynch said he doesn't expect there to be any issues, and this is kind of the way they operate, and they always make sure they get it done. I think before George Kittle, Fred Warner, they got done before training camp. Last year with Debo Samuel, it filtered into training camp and now with Nick Bosa, it's filtering in. But I think we can rest assured that the 49ers are gonna make sure that Nick Bosa gets in camp sooner rather than later. I don't think they're really worried about him having to go through these practices, but I think they want to make sure he's ready to go September 10th in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's for sure. So I'm excited uh that they could possibly do you know, do that and stuff. So I'm really excited about, you know, the 49ers and and what they're doing in in camp. Um, and JLE says, Ant, we were chatting you up to Larry Kruger a few days ago. I really appreciate that. I, I do listen to uh, Larry Kruger from time to time, so I really appreciate that. He puts out a lot of content and a lot of people really enjoyed. I think he has some good topics, so thanks so much, JLE, for that. I appreciate it. Uh, John says, glad I finally got a chance to catch you live. Uh, it's starting to smell like Niners football. It's here. Guys, it's here. Uh, and, you know, we got Brock Purdy coming back. Nick Bosa, not quite uh, coming back. But another thing that came out in conversation was Mitch Wisnowski. And it's not very often that the punter gets talked about unless he screws up in a game. So Mitch Wisnowski was a, a point of conversation for John Lynch. And he said Wisnowski got hurt and hurt his back. And so Mitch Wisnowski's going to be out for a little bit of time. They didn't show a lot of concern. They think it's nothing chronic, nothing serious, but they want to make sure they take care of it and kind of bring him back slowly to make sure this doesn't become a real issue. When asked if they were going to sign another punter to come into camp, he, John Lynch, didn't foresee that being an option at all, that they weren't really worried about Mitch Wisnowski you know, not being able to punt for the 49ers. So that means that, they believe Mitch Wisnowski is going to be ready by the first preseason game on August 13th against the Raiders. So that's really good news for the San Francisco 49ers that you know th- that he's going to be ready and and able to go. And I think the 49ers definitely need to make sure they have all their guys healthy. But I like the approach that they've had to pretty much all their injured players is they're just letting the trainers, letting the doctors. Uh, navigate through what the reps look like, what each individual person's plan is. And then things like this with with Miss Wisnowski is being aggressive to make sure it doesn't end up causing a problem down the road. And I think that's a really good approach for the 49ers is let's just take these injuries and and things early on in the season and take care of them so they don't end up being a problem later on. So I think where we normally have a lot of injuries coming into camp the 49ers are coming in rather healthy this year, uh, with Brock Purdy being back, and then you know a the word coming out that Elijah Mitchell is healthy and ready to go. He was not listed on any of the injury list. I think that's really good news for the 49ers too, because coming out of minicamp, that was the big question mark with Elijah Mitchell not practicing. Was Elijah Mitchell going to start the year on the pup list? Was he not going to be available? for the San Francisco 49ers early because he is very pivotal to the success of the 49ers offense. And if he's healthy, he can take this team to another level that rotation with him, Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason should be really, really impressive when we get into the regular season. And I think at times they're going to need all of them. So I'm really excited about the fact that Elijah Mitchell is going to be there ready to go. I can't wait to see him practice on wednesday i think that's gonna be uh, really fun to watch for sure um so yeah i think it's it's a thing that the 49ers are definitely you know on their way uh what's up michael humphrey how's it going uh yeah it's i haven't been i haven't been live very much this summer uh so if you're if you're catching it right now you know this is kind of my first time going uh live in a while uh for those of you you know catching up um, but I'm gonna be doing more lives throughout the the season. I'm gonna be doing more lives about training camp and everything. So I hope you guys all come back. Of course, if you know you want to listen on audio platforms, you don't catch the live, you can catch that you know on Believe or through anywhere you want, listen to your audio, and then right here on YouTube at 49ers Cupback. So uh, thanks everyone. Uh, that's that's on here talking San Francisco 49ers right now. It's a good time. It's a it's a great time to be. A 49ers fan, that is for sure. Uh, question marks about Darrell Luter since we haven't really heard anything about him uh, throughout mini camps or uh rookie mini camp about how he was going to compete and then you had Brandon Ayuk come out and say, "Hey, uh yeah i don't I don't really remember him being on the field." and that was a little bit interesting and the reason why is Don Lynch talked about the fact that Darrell Luter Jr. suffered a hyperextended knee. During the last practice of OTAs, and then hyperextended knee ended up causing a deep bone bruise. And those types of things are hard to overcome. It takes a while for you to be able to work through it and then feel confident again to be able to do the things you need to do on the football field. So uh, Darrell Luter Jr.'s injury is finally disclosed, and Kyle Shannon and John Lynch talked about the fact he's going to miss a few pra- or a few weeks of practice. I wonder what that means for him as far as competing for a 53-man roster spot because when you're talking about a three-week absence, you normally don't take it too much into account, but with the amount of depth that the 49ers have at the cornerback position and also the depth at other positions, what will the 49ers decide to do with a guy they're super high on in Darrell Luter Jr.? That was one thing that John Lynch made very clear was that he's wise beyond his years and they really liked him A lot the way he's been performing at practice but what does that mean for him on this 53-man roster normally the 49ers will keep five cornerbacks they have kept six before but if you're keeping five you're keeping mooney ward theometer lenore isaiah oliver those are three starters and then you're probably keeping sam womack because he can play inside and out and i think that he was the next guy up last year the fourth cornerback for the 49ers and then is it ambry thomas I think there was a real competition between Ambry Thomas and Darrell Luter Jr. But with Luter Jr. not being available, and then Steve Wilkes saying such good things about Ambry Thomas, it makes you sort of think, hey, wait a second, can Darrell Luter Jr. be able to make this roster? I think if the 49ers elected to keep six cornerbacks, Darrell Luter Jr. could make it. But now he's going to be behind the eight ball. He's going to miss the first three weeks of his first training camp in the NFL. And that includes joint practices with the Raiders. So I think that this is kind of a tough blow for Darrell Luter Jr. Of course, John Lynch said he's you know, working through it. He's progressing nicely. Which you expect to see from a young player who's hungry and wants it. But I think it does open the door for the 49ers to maybe not bring him off pup for the training camp. And maybe try to sneak him you know, sneak him off the roster spot. We'll see what they end up doing with Darrell Luter Jr. I'd like to see him go out there and compete and see what he could be and force the 49ers to potentially keep six or for him to beat out a guy like Ambry Thomas. I think it would be really interesting because the 49ers have been working very extensively on that cornerback room, getting depth, getting better. And I think they've done a really good job of continuing, you know, to grow it. So I'm excited about, what the cornerback room looks like. And I think we're getting a really talented group. And I think Darrell Luter Jr. adds to that. Just how much is he going to be able to go out there and compete? And with Steve Wilkes being the cornerback whisperer and so good at secondary work, I'm really curious about what he can do with a player like Luter Jr. So uh, to me, this is a setback for him, but I am optimistic that maybe we'll see him later in the year. It could open the door for a player that is one of my favorite, Quantres Knight. Maybe Quantrez Knight will have an opportunity now because Darrell Luter Jr. was able to play nickel and outside. That's why I believed he could put real pressure on Ambry Thomas. Even though Ambry Thomas played so well in 2021, he played outside corner, and we haven't really seen the 49ers willing to move him inside. And without them being willing to move him inside, I think Uh, The versatility and lack of versatility there can put him in a little bit more dangerous spot. Now, of course, if you're a spectacular corner, it doesn't matter if you play inside or out. The team's going to find a place to have you. So I think it'll be uh, okay for the 49ers. And I think he'll be nice and comfortable here pretty soon uh, about, you know, getting everywhere you need to go. Forty ers Josh, how's it going? He says, and how are you doing? Good, sir. Brock Purdy's going to be locked and loaded. Can't wait to see him back in action. In my 49er faithful love, good sir. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy is going to be locked and loaded. And I think that's what makes everyone that's a 49er fan so excited was we seen what Brock was able to do within this 49ers offense in the biggest moments. I mean, being able to clinch in Seattle, clinch the NFC West, uh, being able to win a playoff game, you know, in his first start in the playoffs, he handled business against Seattle in a game that, I mean, to be honest, could have gotten out of hand with the 49ers falling behind to Seattle in that first half and then falling behind again at the end of the first half with that blunder by Jimmy Ward. You got the field goal. So I think it could have went that way. However, it didn't. And I think the 49ers are feeling really good now about their position, you know, with Brock Purdy at the helm. And. Let's be honest, I don't know how many of you guys have seen, but Trey Lance looks a lot better as far as his skill, as far as technique-wise with his mechanics. I think Jeff Christensen has done a really good job of kind of marrying his lower half to his upper half, and you can see it. It's nice and tight. There's no herky-jerky to it. I think this is the best I've seen Trey Lance mechanically. We'll see how that translates to the field but I think that does make the 49ers feel more and more comfortable about their quarterback room. You got you got Brock, Trey, and Sam, and I think that's a better situation than what they went into last year where their thoughts was it was going to be Trey, it was going to be Nate Sudfeld, and then a young Brock Purdy that we didn't really know what he could be. So to me, Brock Purdy is exactly what the San Francisco 49ers wanted and needed, and now he's going to be able to make an impact on the San Francisco 49ers. One thing that was fun in this, in this conversation today, where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media was Kyle Shanahan was asked about Debo Samuel. And he said, Hey, you feel like Debo was, you know, too hard on himself with the way he came out and said, Hey, he played so terrible last year that basically he sucked. Uh, And, you know, Kyle kind of said, yeah, you know, he, he shouldn't be that harsh on himself, but he said, you know, Debo is one of the best players in the league. And, Debo felt like he didn't play like one of the best players in the league. You know, and Kyle Shanahan kind of you know, reiterated that hey, Debo can get there. He said it's okay to take a step back if you take two steps forward. But the funny moment comes because Debo Samuel, during the 40 days away, uh after minicamp, has been sending Kyle Shanahan shirtless pictures. And Kyle said he doesn't he didn't know uh or he's had never gotten so many shirtless pictures from a man. It was a very funny moment, but I think it's just Debo being Debo and illustrating that he's in such great shape and ready to roll for the San Francisco 49ers. I thought it brought a nice light moment uh, to the, to the 49ers uh, press conference. And I think it has been illustrated that Debo looking at his own abilities, he definitely realized that last year, maybe he didn't reach uh, the pinnacle that he believed he could get to because let's be honest, In 2021, he had, I mean, an all-time career year. It was one of the most spectacular seasons for a NFL wide receiver or maybe even a football player in history. And he just went out there and executed at such a high level that when he came back after all the contract negotiations for 2022, even though he still made really big plays during the season, it wasn't as consistent for Debo Samuel. And I thought that Debo being able to recognize that going through film with Kyle Shanahan and just seeing, hey, this is something that I need to get better at. I need to work. I wasn't as good last year. I think those are really good things for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm I'm excited about Debo this year. I think with the work that he's put in, he's definitely going to be capable of coming in and making a huge impact for the 49ers in 2022 and a huge impact for Debo Samuel and to go along with what you were getting from Christian McCaffrey next or last year and maybe even a further ascension of Brandon Ayuk, uh, it's a lot to be excited about this 49ers offense moving forward, that's for sure. Because the San Francisco 49ers have a tremendous amount of talent on the offensive side of the football. And they just continue to stack young players as well that can develop. I think the question marks about the offensive line and mainly Colton McKivitz is gonna be real. Uh, But if Colton McKivitt can settle in and and be comfortable and give Brock Purdy uh, the time that he needs to be able to go out and distribute the football, and Debo's playing to a level that's close to 2021, and Ayuk's ascending like he's been, and you got McCaffrey all over the place, uh, to me, this 49ers offense is going to take off. Of course, you have to go out and do it on the field. You just can't say, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. You have to actually go out and produce but I think the San Francisco 49ers can definitely uh, get it done. And and Tommy's uh, in agreement says Debo is all pro again in 2023. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think that he, he can have that sort of step up again because defenses have to make a decision. They have to decide for sure. Hey, are, are you going to stop Debo Samuel? Are you going to stop Christian McCaffrey? Are you going to stop George Kittle? And and that's the thing. When people were picking their poison in 2021, it was more picking the poison between stopping Debo and then stopping uh, Brandon Ike and Jawan. Now you have even more talent, so it's it's really an exciting matchup because you can take away McCaffrey, Debo. If you do that, you're not taking away Kittle and Iuk. No defense has enough talent to be able to stop all the 49ers' weapons as long as the 49ers' quarterback has enough time to distribute the football. Uh so I'm very excited about the this competition of 49ers getting out there and having these playmakers be able to make big time plays for their football team. And I think right now it's it's an exciting time for the 49ers, but I want to see what it looks like when we get out there on the practice field. Uh, I can't wait to get out the training camp and see exactly how the 49ers are using these weapons. Because it is the first training camp that the 49ers are having with Brock Purdy as a starting quarterback, uh, Christian McCaffrey as the running back to go along with the other talent that they already have. And all the while, I cannot wait to see Cameron Latu and Braden Willis and what they look like in comparison to Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly on the football field. So super excited about it. And Tommy asked about another weapon on the, the 49ers roster. What about Danny Gray? Will he make the team? I do believe that uh, Danny Gray is going to make this team. I think Danny Gray is going to make an impact on the 49ers. I think that, yes, his vertical game definitely fits with a big arm quarterback, but he does a lot more than just get vertical. He can run plays over the middle, and I think using his explosive ability on the slant passes and, and things like that, he can get the ball and he can take it to the house. Uh, so I'm very excited about Danny Gray within this offense. I think last year was his Shanahan learning experience year. We've seen IU go through it. We've seen Debo a little bit. Uh, Jawan go through it in 2020 where he was dropping footballs and ended up on the practice squad. So I think it does happen. So I think uh, it's, it's going to be very solid for the San Francisco 49ers having Danny Gray as one of their options. Because... Even though Brandon Ayuk is a vertical threat because of his route running, uh, Danny Gray's a vertical threat because of his absolute speed, which that speed, as long as he can make people think he's going to be able to make complete those passes and, and make those receptions vertically, uh, he's going to put pressure on safeties. They have to bail early to be able to get over the top of Danny Gray. So I'm I'm so excited about Danny Gray within this offense. I do have question marks, though, about the competition between him and Ronnie Bell. I think that's going to be really interesting to see uh, where exactly Ronnie Bell fits within this 49ers wide receiver room. Uh, They are absolutely stacked at wide receiver with Ayuk, Debo, Jawan, Ray Ray. Those guys are four solid. And then you've got a upstart like Danny Gray that I think a lot of people are excited about seeing what he could become within this offense. And then you throw in the fact you have other players like Ronnie Bell and Chris Conley that could come in and compete. And I think the 49ers have a very competitive wide receiver room uh, at the back end. And we'll see if the 49ers are able to keep five or six wide receivers. Bell has to go out there and produce at a high level and make it an interesting uh, competition between him and Danny Gray. They're definitely different players because Gray is predicated on speed, And overall, he's been with the 49ers for a full year, so he knows what Kyle expects from wide receivers as far as route running uh, and blocking. And I think Ronnie Bell's going to have to learn that. Um, But he's more of a possession receiver convert. He did get vertical in college uh, more than his speed would normally tell you he could do, and he was able to do that. So we do know guys that are capable of going beyond what their speed or natural ability would say um and how about the Niners? says looking forward to this defense and bosa both to break all-time sack record yeah that's going to come down to how that defensive end opposite of nick bosa plays hargrave armstead bosa you know what you're going to get from them what we don't know what we're going to get is out of drake jackson and out of uh potentially cleveland Farrell. and i think those are the question marks that we're still going to have to figure out and i think if those answers come for the san francisco 49ers then, yeah, potentially we have the opportunity to see this defense uh, make a huge impact. And if they get a guy, like if Drake Jackson steps up and is able to produce at a level that could come close to double-digit sacks, this 49ers defensive line becomes elite, and this 49ers defense becomes elite again. Uh, A lot of people have been asking, hey, can this defense repeat as a number one defense in the league? And I think it's entirely possible as long as that defensive end is able to step up and as long as the Sam linebacker is figured out. Because even though most teams put the 49ers in base 4-3 sets about 20 to 23% of the time, you still have to go out there and make sure that Oren Burks or D. Winters or Jalen Graham is able to make an impact and get it done. So yeah, I think that they definitely are feeling comfortable about their defense, but a couple of question marks at the end and at, at Sam linebacker, i uh, leave it to where you don't know for sure if they could be that top fledged defense, even though adding Javon Hargrave, Javon Hargrave was a huge upgrade for the San Francisco 49ers. How about them? Niners says, I think Kalia Davis can get a few too. I like Kalia Davis. He's another one. That's going to be exciting to watch at camp because we haven't really got to see him. They opened his practice window during the season last year, and he was out there for a little bit. And, you know, beat, beat Riders get to go out there and pretty much just watch them warm up, and then they're ushered off the field, and it's closed practice. So no one's really got to see Kalia Davis at what he could be, uh, but the athleticism, the comparisons to DJ Jones make you think, hey, he could be a huge impact player for the 49ers in 2023. So I think that is a a good one. Uh, WTM says, does Oliver come off the field with this defense? I believe he does, WTM. I I think that they're going to play it the same way they have. Uh, When you go to tight ends, you'll see a base 4-3 out there. I think when they go to a three-wide receiver set, the 49ers will be a nickel. And I think Isaiah Oliver's ability to help in the run game with his run fits and also be able to cover in space, it's hard when you're playing nickel corner. Uh, to be able to have that two-way go where a wide receiver can break in and break out where when you're playing on the outside you have the sideline to your help Uh, you can use the sideline to an advantage and be able to use that as an extra defender when you're in the nickel you don't have that opportunity there's a lot of space especially if you get stuck in a man coverage type situation so i think oliver can do it and i'm excited to see him within this defense because Steve wilkes definitely wanted him to be a part of the San Francisco 49ers in 2023, saying he was the top guy at his position on the open market. So to me, I think that Isaiah Oliver will come off the field, but I expect him to play 70-plus percentage of the snaps this year. We'll see what teams try to do to the 49ers. I think early on in the season, some of these teams might test the Sam linebacker for the 49ers, not only in run fits, but also getting him matched up. With a running back out of the flat or potentially a tight end in coverage, and how they are able to operate will dictate what offenses do. If offenses are able to take advantage of that player, they will continue to put the 49ers in base 4 3 sets. If that base 4 3 linebacker does a great job, holds his own, holds his ground, then the 49ers will be put into the nickel, just like most of the teams in the league. So I think that is exactly. Uh, what teams are going to try to do early you want to expose the question marks so that means testing drake jackson testing cleveland farrell testing oren burks and potentially testing isaiah oliver those are going to be guys who are going to have to be on the lookout and maybe even early on diameter lenore even though lenore's film kind of suggests he's ready to roll he's a hyena and he's ready to get after it so i think that there's some question marks still with these positions but Let's see how it plays out in training camp. Let's see what happens if Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell are able to man the position, and someone like Oren Burks looks pretty good. I think the, the offenses will go back to the norm about how they try to attack the 49ers by hitting them and, uh, in the nickel and the dime and then trying to take advantage of the team with space and hoping that the 49ers miss a tackle or two. How about them? Niners Since I've been pounding the table for Justin Jefferson. Will be under $5 million for one year. Constantly gets double-digit sacks. Rotational pass rush specialist. I like him, too. I think Justin Houston would be a great addition to the 49ers. I think they're on a wait-and-see. Uh, since Houston hasn't signed anywhere, the 49ers have time. There's still a lot of great pass rushers on the open market. So get into camp. See what Drake looks like. See how Cleveland Farrell's developing. And then potentially make a decision after that. Uh, WTM says, what's the biggest concern... About the O-line today. I think it has to be Colton McKivitz For the mere fact. We haven't seen him play. uh, With the other four guys. But other than that. There shouldn't be a lot of concerns. Uh, Chris Furster is very confident. With Colton McKivitts. And they have a pretty good track record. Of when a big player leaves. Being able to uh, fill that void. With a player that has a lot of potential. Aaron Banks for Lakin Tomlinson. uh, That happened. Daniel Brunskill with Spencer Burford. Even though. Run skill did rotate, is still making that adjustment. And, of course, Alex Mack leaves and Jake Brendel uh, takes a, the role. So the 49ers have a lot of ability in that department to be able to fill those voids and holes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I think it's, it's really good uh, for sure. And so pretty much, guys, I'm going to end the show right there. Thank you guys so much for joining. I will be going live again tomorrow to talk all about 49ers training camp day one at practice, so join me, and that'll be available on all audio platforms as well, and 49ers on Believe, 49ers cut back on Believe. So thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe, and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.